0: association 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 that was such uber ponage. hello fellow nerds welcome to the nerd association podcast from the wbns fm studios in columbus ohio i'm your host mark finch and i'm your other host daniel barnett
1: here on nerd association we want to let you know it's cool to be a nerd if you pa- are passionate about something, come join us. Cause that's what we like to talk about here. Chops. What do you think of when I say it's a me, Mario,
0: Um, Mario Andretti, the race yeah, car driver mm, you nailed sure. it. Okay.
1: This week we're talking about <laughs> formula
0: one racing and uh, we have our special get now. Uh, <laughs> that would be a real get for us. I'm not very interested in it, but he is a big celebrity. So that would be nice. <laughs> um, you know, some, we we talk about the fact that sometimes our what
1: do you think of when I say uh, can go a lot of different directions. Pretty sure this one is uh, <laughs> pretty sure this one's cut and dry. Uh, yes. <laughs> we're going to be talking today about the recently announced live action Super Mario Brothers movie, but we're going to be talking about it in the context of Nintendo, the video game company has every so often a sort of press conference that they call Nintendo Direct. And Chops and I were talking about this ahead of time. Nintendo has one of these every couple of months. It's not like regularly scheduled, but every, yeah, like I said, every six weeks to two months, they'll have some sort of a Nintendo Direct. And usually they're sort of small announcements. Mm -hmm. But this one that they held last week, end of September, if you're listening to this way in the future, was big. Had a lot of stuff going on and not just stuff that appeals to your average video game nerd or your average Nintendo nerd, but to a broader audience, largely because of, as we alluded to at the beginning, uh, the new live action Super Mario Brothers movie. So as somebody chops, I I know... Not live action, animated. Well, no, it's partially live action, isn't
0: it? I don't know if they said it was partially live action, but Illumination is who they say they're pairing with and they do all that animation they do these oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the minions. I think there is we'll we'll get to it. I think there will be a live action component. Portion yeah. To it, but I think it's meant to be cuz they already tried the live action one and we'll we'll maybe talk about that as well too and that didn't go so well.
1: Yeah. Well, that that yeah, let's uh I guess so my question is, you know, we've talked a little bit about video games on the show before. In fact, our very first episode was about Animal Crossing. But for the folks who who are newer to the show, what what is your sort of video game history been? Like what what systems have you
0: played and owned over the years? I've never been a huge video game guy. I I don't know why my interest is in them like like I keep up, I would say a little bit more than just your average person on like video game news and like what's you know what's going on and like what games are popular i don't know why i've always kind of enjoyed like the out the outside looking in i think it sure. might be because growing up i like enjoyed watching my brother play video games but i just could never pick up the eye coordination to be very good at them myself so I'm not a huge like let's play watcher or anything like that, but I have dabbled in in some of that on YouTube and, you know, various people. And now every YouTuber who gets above a certain amount of subscribers seems to open up a Twitch stream and and do some of that. So that's kind of my history of video games is I kind of, I like the narratives and I like watching people play them. Not very good at them myself. I was a big Sega guy. Sonic was my favorite game. I like platform games. Uh, we had, a GameCube and a PS2 when I was like in my adolescence, that would be like the, that middle part where, you know, middle school to going into high school until we got our 360 as well. So those kind of those games on there. And if you, I mean, if you've named PS2, that kind of covers everything in there, but in my adult life, I've pretty much only played like all the way through myself, Grand Theft Auto uh, four and five. Gotcha.
1: Well, I I've been a, not a not an obsessive but I've Nintendo has always been my system of choice. Um I had a Super mm-hmm. Nintendo, a 64, a GameCube, a Wii, and now a Switch and I had a Game Boy Advance in there somewhere. Um and so I've always been, you know, excited about these characters and and following these characters. I would say some of my favorite franchises are The Legend of Zelda games and of course we've talked about Animal Crossing. I always love the sort of Mario party games, but I will admit that um the sort of mario i like i super mario 64 great game but i haven't played any of the mario games since then the like more open world ones i love a platformer but not so much the sort of open world games with him for some reason i don't know why
0: what is there there's galaxy and odyssey, odyssey. sunshine did you play you didn't play sunshine i i mean a little
1: bit but i never i never owned any of those games i always loved paper mario which was the sort of the the throwback to the uh, the throwback to the platformers, but it had a little bit more of an open world thing going on. But it's mm-hmm. kind of an RPG, and I think that's why I could get into it. But anyway, it's interesting for you to talk. You know, we were saying like this movie's coming up, and the 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 Mario movie has been done before,
0: uh, and right. is largely <laughs> considered to not be super good. <laughs> no, and it's it's sort of obscure at this point. I think people who are around. Nintendo big Nintendo fans they would know it's made I remember seeing it once on like I don't know if it came on late on like a Disney channel or a cartoon network or whoever might have had the rights to it but I just saw it once when I was a kid and I was like because I knew what Mario was but I'm watching this movie and I'm like this doesn't seem right yeah (laughs) there's something off off putting about it yeah
1: I think a lot of people have talked about the fact that that something about that movie is is kind of (laughs) off-putting um and whether it was just like trying to make the the sort of direct translation of video game to to live action and to my knowledge was the first time a video game movie adaptation had been attempted um i think i'm guessing some some one of our listeners is is going to say no actually it was one of these, but uh, to my knowledge, this was the first one. And you know, Bob Hoskins as as Mario and John Leguizamo as Luigi, Dennis Hopper as King Koopa slash Bowser. There are there were some fairly large names attached to it, but it just did not seem to take off. in part because it was not it was so dead set on setting itself in our real world. Mm -hmm. and and the attachment to our real world that i think i don't know it just didn't
0: yeah it it doesn't make any sense for bowser to be a human and i mean he had like some weird you know turtle aspects to him but and then yoshi was like a real dinosaur it was like a (laughs) it was and they 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 took the mushroom stuff too long where there's like spores all over the entire city right it's just strange and it's And Mario is also, I mean, now, especially because people have grown up with it, it sort of is an all-encompassing brand. But in 1993, it probably leaned a little bit more towards children still, or at least that's what you would try to market the movie as because there was a, I think there was a Mario cartoon as well and you make this movie and it was sort of in that no man's land of it's definitely not like adult themed yeah but it's a little too dark and high concept for children
1: we've talked about this before that there are sometimes our movies who don't know who their audience is and this is very yes. much one of those movies that didn't quite figure out who its audience was and like tried to pan to all audiences and that the simul- simultaneously like didn't agree
0: with any of them but anyway but, but felt good enough to leave a sequel teaser yeah. at the very <laughs> And and yeah. it did not happen
1: So, you know, that was one of the early doors attempts at it But since then there have been a lot of video game movies And again, mixed results Like the Tomb Raider movie is largely considered to be not very good But Detective The new one was better
0: Yeah, 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 yeah But, but the, the Angelina Jolie ones weren't very good Right yeah.
1: And Detective Pikachu is one of the most recent video game movies Not the most, but one of the most And is, you know, considered a good movie People really enjoyed it uh, Highest-grossing video game movie of all time, I believe, and so mm, that's good. So now, I, think... the,
0: I would imagine the highest franchise grosser for live action is Resident Evil, but those movies have been hijacked by what's his name, like Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah, and they're not just... to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson; a completely different yeah, director. they're just not. They're just not that. They're not good <laughs> well they just turned into like these features because he's married to mila jovovich and they just kind of turned into these features for her and it's and i like zombies i'm a i mean i think if you right. listen to this podcast enough you know i love zombies and i've watched i think most of them i haven't even seen all of them because there's like seven of them now and yeah they're just not very good and it the uh, there's too much going on with the amount of villains yeah off track now
1: but anyway yeah so I guess the, the all saying all of that is to say that uh there is you know expectations are mixed for this movie <laughs> because uh before some of these movies have not landed quite quite so well and so um you know you making the remark about it being uh I said live action you said animated i I have to imagine that there's gonna be some live action component it's gonna be one of those where we start in the because real of, world with average yeah, plumbers and he gets cast. sucked into
0: a game. Yeah. Right. Um it, because it doesn't make any sense to cast Chris Pratt as Mario because he's just going to do his normal voice. Like I don't foresee him trying to do like the Mario voice. You might get an It's a me Mario somewhere as like right. a, you know, a little wink, but it I don't know if he's even going to be a plumber, or if he's going to be a guy who gets sucked into the video game and has to, like, find his way out, it just, it it reeks of something like that, which it's not, I mean, those aren't always bad movies, but it's sort of a cliche at this point. So let's talk
1: about the cast, if we can. You already mentioned Chris Pratt as Mario. Uh, We have Charlie Day as Luigi, Mario's a younger but taller brother. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess
0: Peach. Which, how's that gonna work? (laughs) Charlie Day's, like, a foot shorter than Chris Pratt. Well,
1: um, I don't, that's a good question. I mean, that's... uh, you know that's one of those things video game nerds will care about but your average person isn't gonna think too much yeah. about um anya taylor joy as princess peach uh know her from the queen's gambit jack black as bowser that if i'm being honest that's the casting i'm most excited about
0: <laughs> that's the only one that i i'm like okay i can i can get behind that he's a really animated no pun intended guy yeah but we've talked about this on this show before a problem they have with animated movies nowadays is they don't employ voice actors anymore, at least not in the lead roles. And you just put as many stars as you can, which is clearly what they've done here. And it's like, yeah, their voices might be recognizable, but are they really going to be fitting the character and they are really going to be fun because the ability to act does not mean you have the ability to voice act. Although they they don't care because they can put more names on the top of the poster. Yeah.
1: Um, Also of note in this movie, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. I think that's also going to be a lot of fun. Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong, which is the grandfather to Donkey Kong. Um, okay. Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek, which is the sort of flying sorcerer that uh, is a servant to Bowser. You would recognize yeah, if you I, saw.
0: I looked him up. He is—is is he the doctor in The Simpsons? Yes, I believe so. Kevin Michael yeah. Richardson. He is a yeah. voice actor. Yes. Yes, he's a real voice actor, and I would say Fred
1: Armisen, uh, otherwise on this cast, is probably one of the closest to being a voice actor because of all the sort of character acting he does. That he yeah, he, I, I would closer. agree with that. Um, I also think Jack Black. I mean, Jack Black did uh, what the
0: Kung Fu movies, right? Um, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu yeah. Panda. So well, does, and he's he's a singer and he's got a lot of range with his voice and things he yeah. can do. So, so I yeah, I have I have confidence in him and Fred Armisen as being the more actors put into these sure. roles.
1: But but well and also worth noting that Charles Martinet who has done the voice of Mario forever um, is also in some unspecified roles in this film, and so it's also worth wondering: like, is Chris Pratt gonna start off as Mario, or are we gonna be in a Santa Claus situation where like Mario <laughs> dies and he has to take
0: over? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yeah, the, I, I don't know the Chris Pratt. I just don't think it's the right choice to voice Mario. Uh, it, it just feels like that thing that Hollywood does, where they just put a star in there and it just doesn't make any sense to me if you're going to make a Mario movie why not have either I, one you mentioned them there's already a voice actor who does like all of the mario voicing right. or pick somebody who can do a really good impression of that and maybe is has experience doing you know full length features um cuz then you go on top of it and then it's peach and uh Anya Tra- Taylor-Joy who I I did not like originally because I didn't like the movie *The Witch*. But as I've watched more of her work, and you mentioned *The Queen's Gambit*, I really like that. She, uh, I, I've taken a liking to her in her live-action yeah. roles. I don't see what she can offer as a voice actor for Peach. That I don't know. I it, it really bugs me the lack of voice acting jobs that they give out in these movies nowadays
1: I, i'm inclined to agree with that we've talked about that before i'm not so worried about her because peach is not a character that has particularly amount of range usually right <laughs> so uh, i think any i think she's a anya taylor joy is a fine actor i just don't know that there's a whole yeah, lot I mean, to do peach- with peach unless they make her some really fully flushed out badass character in which case there's a lot of room to to work in
0: that that hasn't and- been explored before does that make sense yeah, and Peach doesn't have like a super defined voice. Like I can't it's think just of like, high. Peach. It's just a high yeah, woman's she, voice, exactly. So so she could probably pull something around that off. So yeah.
1: so anyway, um, uh, the the film is slated for least holiday twenty twenty two. Seems like a good time for a Mario movie to come out. Um, I guess I don't think it's going to be a Christmas movie. I would kind of hope that it's not. Uh, that to me would be crossing the streams a little too much, <laughs> but yeah, I don't mean, think I knows. don't
0: think Mario needs Christmas thrown in with it. That seems more like a made-for-TV type thing when sure. you put a popular character into a holiday. So yeah, I'm hoping it's just yeah a normal holiday release, which is one of the the peak points for blockbuster type movies. Yeah,
1: but I mean we'll we'll see what updates we get. This was just the announcement of that film. Um, also, a, a little interesting to me. Maybe I guess maybe this isn't that crazy, but. Nintendo got to make the announcement and I would say normally the studio makes the announcement, right? The studio Mm -hmm. is the one that announces the film and, and in collaboration with Nintendo in collaboration with Sega, but it was Nintendo getting to make the announcement is I think a promising uh, indication that, that they are going to have a lot of creative
0: input and a lot of creative control. And, um, I was thinking the same thing but before we started here today. I told uh, J-Lo what we were talking about, and I was like, well, hopefully, because Illumination, I think of – there's, like, the main the main animation studios, and it's Pixar, Disney, DreamWorks, Illumination. Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting – I feel like I'm no, forgetting f- one, but either way. Yeah. Those are kind of the big four that will right. that, make them. And Pixar and Disney are obviously – somewhat in a partnership, but they do have separate movies that they put as Disney and Pixar. Um, Illumination seems like the laziest to me. The like the one of their more famous. I mean, the minions are just despicable me. Yeah. Yeah. Despicable me movies are okay, but the minions themselves are God awful. And then they got their (laughs) own movie and then sing. Sing is like one of those movies where like it entertains you, but it's just animals singing pop songs and it's like, well, of course that works. Right. Well, but maybe maybe this is an example
1: of that, right? Where it's like there's a, a built-in hope. franchise that is gonna pull people in
0: um and worth noting that i hope with the yeah with the with nintendo being on board and you're like you said being the ones to announce it hopefully they have a little bit more say and can maybe get a, a more inventive story going for mario
1: well and shigeru miyamoto who's the creator of mario and the you know producer behind all of those games is directly involved like is personally involved with this movie so i think that's a good sign that at least it's gonna i mean it's gonna be at least as good as a mario game storyline let's put it that way Uh, Which, are those the most super-involved, high-stakes stories? No, but at least it'll be as good as a Mario game, and so I guess you probably can't complain too
0: much about that, right? Yeah, save the princess, collect the stars. So how are they going to do that? Um, I'm thinking back to, like, have you seen the Sonic movie that came out? James Marsden was in it. It came out, like, last year. Yeah. That was... Fine. Okay. And like yeah. how like they they incorporated the rings a little bit. And it's like, all right, I can get I can get behind that and he's fast and the uh, Jim Carrey's fun as Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, if we get something along the lines where they incorporate enough. I think that was the problem with the original live action one, is it like tried to incorporate the things, but not like how they actually are in the video games, just like Oh, there's mushrooms in the video games, so let's have fungi
1: everywhere. And it's worth reminding ourselves and our listeners that the narratives behind video games have developed a whole lot over the years. In 1993, the Mario games were just dude runs sideways and then tries to save the princess. That was Mm -hmm. kind of it. Like Super Mario 64 was the first time where really even Mario 64 doesn't have a narrative. You just are, you're in the world and you collect the stars and you beat Bowser, but there's not really a narrative behind it. And that game came out in 1996. So it's worth reminding ourselves that when that movie was made in 1993, they were trying to take this really amorphous concept and bring it into a a, a movie in a way that made
0: narrative sense, right? Yeah, uh, and then even how much character did Mario have? Because, you know, we start this off with It's a Me, Mario. Was that even a thing before no, Mario 64? No, not before Mario
1: 64. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. and Well, and you have to think about, too, like, the, you know, one of the next video game movies to come out was Mortal Kombat in 95. And I think in some ways... Think about the 90s, especially the sort of early and mid 90s and the tone that movies had in that time period. There weren't a ton of feel good movies then, Yeah, you know, that most movies had sort of dark undertones. And so Mortal Kombat, making a video game movie about that and having it be a dark movie makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Super Mario Brothers just didn't have the the reason to make it that way.
0: Even Mario's villain Bowser is like he still invites him to his parties and still goes go karting with him. So it's it it needs to be a little bit more lighthearted because Bowser's not a like universally hated villain. He's like a character in Mario that people still have admiration for. And in
1: some of the games, he even teams up with Mario to like beat a bigger bad which is you know yeah. I, I think that's a thing worth thinking about too i don't know that that's going to be what this happens in this movie although maybe maybe it's like kong versus godzilla where it's like right. that's what they're I was at odds but then they have to come together to fight some bigger evil
0: oh um, no there's mecha bowser
1: mecha bowser <laughs> so anyway we'll we'll keep we'll keep our eyes on that and see what comes of it i mean i I'll see it because it'll be interesting. I don't. Again, I don't know that it's going to become one of the most beloved or revered movies of all time, but it's
0: sure. Why not? <laughs> and, and maybe we're all overreacting. Maybe it is going to be really good, but sure. I would not. I, I'm not going to bet on it. Yeah.
1: Um. So I would say the there are, we can talk about sort of the biggest announcements. I would say the next biggest announcement, if the Mario movie announcement was big for the sort of general population. I think most people who are paying attention to that Nintendo direct that are Nintendo video game players probably are kind of like we are. It's like, okay, sure. I'll go watch it, but who cares? The Mm -hmm. actual big announcement is, um, that, There's currently a service called Nintendo Switch Online, and lots of different video game purveyors have this idea where you pay a monthly subscription, you get online access for playing games that that allow online access, but they also give you access to sort of some of a back library, right, of older games that you can play for free if you're part of this Mm -hmm. subscription service. And, it's like Netflix for video games. Well, like I said, PlayStation has this, Xbox has this. Like, this isn't that uncommon of a thing. Nintendo has their own version. And up until recently, it's been exclusively NES and Super NES games, which has been awesome. It's been super cool to be able to, like, if, I, if I'm not interested in playing one of these great, big, expansive uh, Nintendo games of the present, it's cool to go back and play some of the classic games that, you know, that we, we grew up on
0: especially with the system being the switch and it, you know, you could play it on your big TV screen and maybe you do, and maybe others do. And that, that's fun too. Cause that's how you played those games when, when you first experienced them, but the, those, you know, sort of watered down games that just don't have quite as many big parts to them as modern games do on a handheld system. It's perfect. Yeah. And from what I've seen of the switch, I I've, played other people's a few times and everything it looks like yeah i mean the screen it's larger than your traditional handheld but it's very crisp and it yeah i'm assuming those games look great yeah they well,
1: of course yeah they they look very good um and and play very well again they're not very taxing games right they're very low <laughs> there's all very little storage that they use
0: yeah, they were meant, well, they were like they were originally designed to be beaten in mostly one sitting, right? Yeah, That's exactly. kind of the original idea behind them.
1: So, the exciting, uh, the exciting announcement is that Nintendo Switch Online is going to be adding Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games, um, which is something that I think a lot of people have been hoping for since the system and, and Nintendo Switch Online launched. Was yeah, NES games and Super NES games are great, but we would also love to play some of the n64 games that we cut our teeth on and notably among those we just got done talking about mario is going to be super mario 64 but i think the one everyone's the most excited about is uh the legend of zelda ocarina of time it's going to be coming to the
0: subscription service because i had yeah i had a gamecube i think it was like an exclusive we bought our gamecube like every gamecube was some sort of promotional release and we bought one that that had had the disc It had Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. And I traded that for a copy of Super Mario Sunshine when I was in middle school. And now I think that was a mistake. Correct. But at the time, (laughs) I thought it was an an okay trade because I was getting the new game. These were old games. But yeah, I know those... you you said specifically Ocarina of Time will be. In, and didn't they say Majora's Mask yeah. would eventually be on it?
1: Yeah. So, well, I, I wanted to talk about Ocarina of Time. I played Ocarina of Time on the N64. And I also had that GameCube disc that you're talking about and played <laughs> it on there. Um, but I never. So Majora's Mask was one of those games where, you know, you would go to the, the supermarket with your parents and they would do shopping and you'd go to the video game section. Maybe you didn't do that. I know a lot of people did. No, um, I know what you're talking about. And yeah, they had the games on the big monitors like way up high and you'd stand there and crane your neck and play video games. Majora's Mask was one of those games that was in the store that I could never make any progress in and always got really frustrated and never played it because (laughs) I didn't understand until I was older that it's a time loop game and that you have to make certain decisions in every iteration and like make the same decisions every time to extend the amount of time you can play. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: um, so, so you I, never figured that out I never in the figured, grocery
1: store? Yeah, I never figured that out in the grocery store. And so I'm excited now as an adult to play Majora's Mask for the first time. Really, I've never had a chance to play it. Yeah, um, I, I, I would be confident that you would crack the code this time. Sure. Well, I yeah, I would I would think so. But it's, you know, <laughs> Ma- let Ocarina of Time and Majora's Masks are, Maj- Majora's Mask rather, are largely considered, if not the two best zelda games of all time in the top three the the third possible being breath of the wild the newest one um yeah and so it's gonna be fun and also some titles like star fox 64 which was a super cool game and way better than the the super nintendo version like the graphics were just so much better and the gameplay was so much better
0: and banjo kazooie
1: did you ever play banjo kazooie
0: I don't think so. I know some about it now just based on like things I've learned like in YouTube videos and stuff, but I don't remember ever playing it myself.
1: Banjo-Kazooie is one of those games that was so awesome and they made two of them and then the Studio Rare got bought out or Banjo-Kazooie for some reason there was never another one of them and there needs to be a a new Banjo-Kazooie because that game would kill now. The humor in that game I think was a little early for its time Yeah, um, and it was... And it was very, it was very absurdist, but at the same time, like had some of the best game characters, and even the villain, the 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 witch in that game, that's uh, Gruntilda, I believe, is her name, is really interesting and charismatic, and make would make for a really great video game villain. Now, um, it was also one of the first games that punished you for using legitimate cheat codes. Like you could <laughs> you could find the cheat codes, and it would let you put two of them in, but if you put a third one in, you could never save your game again.
0: uh, Like, would you have to re like you'd have you couldn't save it at all, or but you could you restart the whole game and then get that sure you could you could
1: start a new file and then but you'd have to play up to that point and then beyond and and you could keep playing from the last time you saved, but if you ever died or had to turn the system off then you'd restart from the point where you put that third cheat code in, which is just something, I mean, most games don't do that kind of thing.
0: But anyway, yeah, I feel like that would go over really poorly now, but I feel like if they did it, they'd be like, well, for 1099, you actually can get your (laughs) saving abilities back. And that's, that's how they, I, when I saw that, uh, one, I'm excited for the Genesis titles. I had a Sega Genesis. It was the first game system we ever had. Um, looks like Sonic two was the one they went with. I think if, if I had some wish list ones, Sonic Spinball yeah, would be on there. Yeah. Um, some of the football ones from that, just to I don't think those ones would get very much play over time, but they it'd be fun to to revisit uh some of those ones. We had a we had a game called George Foreman's KO Boxing. And the only reason I remember it, it was an okay boxing Genesis game. You know, yeah. there wasn't too much to it. But I would start and I'd go, George Foreman's KO Boxing. And it was, you know, like a 16-bit <laughs> Trying to play George Foreman's voice and, and that didn't always go so well. But those are some of the Genesis games that that stood out to me from what I remember. And then uh, I saw Pokemon Snap on the N64 ones, and yes. I know it's a kind of a boring game and monotonous, but no, when you get not. into it, it's really fun. <laughs> also it's a delightful.
1: And you might not realize that a brand new Pokemon Snap came out in the past year, um, oh. and people it was one of the most like anticipated games. So no among among nintendo gamers pokemon snap is not a boring
0: game we love it (laughs) yeah i like pokemon snap that was i mentioned i wasn't very good at video games and that one you know is a little slower pace and a little more like oh you got to figure out how to get this pokemon to come out or when to look for it so i was actually decent at pokemon snap and i've gotten all the way through the game many times because that was a it wasn't a very long game you could get through it in an afternoon if you just sat down and played it sure
1: Yeah, but it had a ton of replayability where you could go back and get better scores and things. And I will also mention for the Genesis, um, Golden Axe and Echo the Dolphin are two titles that are coming on the Genesis subscription that I think people are really excited about. I never played either of those, but I remember playing, well, I played Golden Axe with somebody else, like at someone else's house and Mm -hmm. remember it being cool. Echo the Dolphin, I think people
0: (laughs) really loved that game. I don't know why, but it was probably cool. So I'll have to try it. Yeah. It's definitely one that, yeah, like, because it stands out when you hear about Echo the Dolphin. Like, when yeah. I think I read a release on, on that part of this Nintendo Direct, and that was one that people pointed out. I just... I I hope this might lead to someday we get some Dreamcast re-releases. I,
1: I think it will. And I was going to say, too, there's also talk that there will be Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games, which I think, mm. as you mentioned, on the Switch, having those sort of built-for handheld games would make a lot of sense. And the thing that's exciting about those releases would be that suddenly a lot of the original Pokemon games would be probably among their early releases because that would, people would sign up to play those old Pokemon games on the Nintendo switch easily.
0: Man, and this just breathes so much life into the switch. Like I just, do you know any like rumors about like what their next system could be? Or are they just going to keep rolling with the switch? Well, they're actually it's,
1: so it's interesting you would mention that I, this was talked about in this Nintendo Direct, but wasn't this isn't the first time it was announced that they're releasing like a, a Nintendo Switch Deluxe, which has a higher quality screen. It's built, okay. It's built to be compatible with all the games you already have, with the docks and the controllers and all that. But it um, has a higher quality screen for when you want to play on the go. So if you're a person who primarily plays your Switch on a TV, like I do, um, I mean, I certainly sometimes play it handheld, but most of the time I'm playing it on a television. You might not be as excited about it. It will come with enhanced storage capacity, but I already have an SD card in mind to make up for that. But this new uh, deluxe edition is, is focused okay. on people who want a better out-and-about gameplay experience. It has the the higher quality screen, better speakers, a better kickstand in the back, so you can like set it on a tabletop and adjust the angle more easily. Um, and it's also going to be the release of Nintendo's fixed, for ba- lack of better term. I don't know if you know about the the problem of Joy-Con drift, but there's been some issues with their their sort oh, of yeah. first generation controllers getting drift pretty quickly in some of the joysticks,
0: and you either have to fix it or send it to them to fix it. I was gonna say this interests me because i like handheld gaming more i'm kind because i'm not super into gaming i like it to be i like it to be my the first thing i'm doing if i'm playing a video game yeah but i like to have the tv on or have a podcast going or something like that and handheld i just feel like is a lot better for that kind of stuff especially because then maybe you know i could be hanging out in the living room and jen could be watching something else so as a switch 'Cause I've been interested in the is it the light or whatever, the one that's just yeah. handheld. Yeah, that's just I've been handheld. interested in that and I've never been able to pull the trigger, but I don't know. This Nintendo Direct really caught my eye with that, especially with the the Nintendo sixty four, Sega Genesis, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the uh the Kirby one uh interested me. Yeah, I, I went.
1: I want to talk about that because so Kirby is one of these characters. um, Well, uh, let me last note on that. I would say that if you've been waiting to pull the trigger on a switch, you chops or you, the listener um, let this new one come out. It is more expensive. It will probably mean that the first generation ones will become a little less expensive. If you're a person who really wants to play handheld, um, then I say, wait a little bit and go for the, the new sort of deluxe edition. If you're a person once it
0: comes down off its release price a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean you're basically getting two systems in one and it's way cheaper than any of the other systems on the market. So I don't see 350 as being that big of a price tag for a video game system that gives you two video game systems and is still less expensive than an Xbox or a PS5. So yeah. I mean I I guess to me if you have 350 bucks that's not going to hurt you to spend and you want this like two game systems essentially, go for it. But I will say I've heard more people get a Nintendo switch Lite and regret getting the light because it's like, yeah, but you, it for the, it would have been nice to spend that little bit extra and be able to hook it up to a TV if I ever want to, especially for games <laughs> like legend of Zelda breath of the wild. There's going to be the sort of follow up game to that coming out next year. Games like
0: that, that is. Yeah. That is the one thing with the light where it, you know, the normal one and this deluxe one, it goes the other way too. Right. But the light is just handheld and you don't, you have no option. And I think that while I agree with you, a
1: lot of Nintendo games play really well handheld, especially the older games. There are some games that are going to be coming out where you would, you would miss not having the ability to play them on a television. Mm-hmm. And I would say games like even Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, well, they would play fine on a, on a handheld. You could certainly do it. You're not going to be missing any of the fine detail graphics that you would be with a more modern game. But I I don't know. In my opinion, it's worth having that option because I think there are some games that really deserve that kind of resolution and sound and things like that. So it's, it's like the same debate of watching movies at home versus watching movies in the theater, right? There are some movies that you really should go to the theater to see if you want to get that experience. And I right, would, so. So anyway, those are my thoughts on that. Get a Wii U. <laughs> get a down. Wii U, exactly. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Kirby. It's been a long time since Kirby got a game, and and yet Kirby is one of the most beloved Nintendo characters, that little pink puffball.
0: Yeah, uh, I feel like Kirby got, because this one is different than that, but Kirby's a 2D player that had some 3D elements in sure. you know, like Kirby's but it's still a 2d a 2d game so i feel like he got relegated to the handhelds yeah
1: well and and or yeah or never was a a keystone release of any system yeah because he there were games for the the n64 and the gamecube i
0: believe and now i have to yeah but i don't think is i don't think wasn't it kirby air rider wasn't that like a racing game yeah I don't think that was like a specific, but you're right. It was on the GameCube. I think that was the only one he got. I had some of his uh, Game Boy Advance ones too. Kirby, Nightmare, and Dreamland, I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're always yeah. about, they're almost always Dreamland, right? This one is interesting because it's a post apocalyptic Kirby game. It's like Kirby in The Last of
0: Us or something. Yeah.
1: Well, and what's interesting is Kirby, especially in the last few years, there's been a lot of online debate amongst nerds about like, kirby being this all almost like god-powered superhero (laughs) just because if you like put a lot of the clues together he can like instantly inhale and destroy enemies and like replicate their powers in the super in the more recent super smash brothers games where there are like world enveloping apocalypses he's the only one that survives in both games (laughs) um and so there's and there's been there's a really great polygon has a really great video about like what is Kirby and it's you should go out and check it out it's really okay. it's really funny about like is Kirby a god or is like what uh-huh. is he what does Kirby mean um so so I think it's really interesting to sort of play a little bit with that that idea of like Kirby as the god savior of <laughs> of the world and it reminds me of a the
0: apocalypse <laughs> It reminds me of the, um, have you seen like the meme that like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo is like the most powerful yeah. character in the universe? Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on, it's in that vein for, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, but that, that Kirby and the forgotten land, when that one came up, that was when I was like, Hmm, again, that's like, maybe I should get a switch. Cause this, Cause that like combines the things I actually like, like the, the more cartoony like platform games, but then you also have like the open world. Like I mentioned like Grand Theft Auto and I know Kirby's not going to be in a Grand Theft Auto world, but an open world where you have that kind of feeling. And I think maybe I like that the less structured games where you can get uh, more fun out of my biggest problem with video games is like, I'm like I said, I'm just not very good at them. And you feel like you're constantly under attack and you keep dying. You can't get through a level, at least when like an open world game, you can kind of just take a break and still play the game and go do something else and have some fun. And that's what I'd be interested in.
1: I think Nintendo's also always been really good at striking that tone with their games where it's like, because there aren't too many of them that are just like super serious horror, like, you know, hard as nails games. Mm hmm. And nothing, I mean, if you're the kind of person that likes to play that kind of a game, like a Dark Souls or, a, you know, a Bloodborne or Demon, whatever, go for it. Like my, you know, I respect that. It's because yeah. those games are meant for you to just die over and over and over and over, over and over and over again. I don't want to play that kind of game. I don't want to always win. I want it to be a challenge, but I don't, uh, don't want to just get my ass kicked by a game over and over right. again. Like I live in the real world. That happens all the time. <laughs> uh so I don't need it in a video game. I play a video game to in, to entertain and enjoy myself. And yeah, a little bit of a, a, a challenge is good. Um Yeah, but it's, my point well, it's, is, is it's, Nintendo's always done a good job with that, I think.
0: You talk about being entertained. It's like there are some movies where you see it once and you're like that was a good movie, but I do not want to see it again. And I don't want to feel that way when I play a video game.
1: Yeah exactly (laughs) and i i but i love breath of the wild that it has a cinematic feel and has like a big huge narrative and i like that but also there was there were very few times when i was playing that game where i had to set it down because i just got frustrated in the way that like Mm -hmm. a lot of the sort of mainline titles for playstation and xbox encourage that kind of thing so anyway long way of saying that i think a game like kirby the forgotten land and like being a post-apocalyptic game. I think that's going to strike a good balance of being like a little scary, a little like thought provoking, but also a lot of fun.
0: So I'm with you on that one. Any other ones catch your interest? I wrote, as I was going through it, I kind of just wrote some notes on it. The, the star Wars Knights of the old Republic. Is that a remaster? Yes. And it looks, that's what I thought. Awesome. So we talked
1: also on this podcast about the remaster of star Wars episode one racer the pod racing game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is very much in that sort of, yeah, it's, it's an old Knights of the Knights of the old Republic was a affectionately known by the way as KOTOR. It was a, like a PlayStation game that was one considered the best star Wars game that's ever been made. And so having yeah. it be remastered and released um, on the switch is very exciting.
0: And I'm, cause I could tell when that one came on, I was like, I mean, it looked good, but at the same time I was like, this it doesn't look like quite as, Like it looked more, a little more lo-fi than what I'm, you know, what you're used to nowadays. So I was like, oh, actually. And then I thought about it more and I was like, actually, I'm pretty sure that's a remaster. So I thought I would just save it and ask you. Yeah. And you answered it.
1: Yes, it is a remaster and it won't be. I mean, it's not going to be like the most cutting edge graphics, but I think it's going to be polished up a little bit, just like episode Mm -hmm. one racer was. And then it's
0: just going to be a blast to play. I was going to ask if Metroid Dread stuck out to you. Are you into the 2D Metroid games?
1: Very much. Well, So Metroid, well, and and it's worth talking in this vein about uh, the Castlevania Advance collection. Um, So Metroid Dread is a brand new game featuring Samus, and it goes back to the Metroid sort of 2D games. You know, for a while there, they were making Metroid Prime, the 3D games, and those were fine, but I will admit, I think the 2D games were the better ones. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So matching the graphics and the cutscenes of Metroid Prime with this sort of 2D side scroller and there's a whole genre of games no- known as Metroidvania which are these sort of side scrollers but they're also a little bit open world where like you can get so far in one of these levels but then something's blocked off and you have to go and find the key or the way to open it or a, an ability that allows you to get back and so you end up re-exploring the same levels a number of times and finding new things Okay. Um, Metroid Dread is very much going to be in that vein, and it's also as much a stealth game as it is a shoot 'em up. Like yeah. it's worth picking your battles and avoiding some enemies, and it's not just about killing everything in your path. So, I think uh, I'm very excited for Metroid Dread. I actually have pre-ordered Metroid Dread because I'm <laughs> I'm ready for it just what? to download onto my system when it drops um there you have it and all right I, I, well i'm glad
0: i asked you about that yeah one.
1: and the castlevania Advance collection that's coming out i i never played the castlevania games but this might be my chance to jump into them who knows I'll and then the,
0: the last one that that stood out to me it was the it was one of the longer trailers it was the last one of the nintendo direct i don't know much about bayonetta but mm-hmm. i've definitely seen the character because that she stands out so much uh so bayonetta 3 the only thing i wrote was real hot girl shit
1: (laughs) bayonetta is a like witch gunslinger that kills demons and i'll admit that i've never played many of those games but like it's very much uh yeah it's like just hot girls casting spells shooting guns (laughs) and killing demons um yeah very
0: stylized for sure too you can tell even in the preview
1: yeah so it, it it it. it's i don't know if that's a game that i'm gonna jump on but like i'd like to try it out i've never played a bayonetta game it looks like a lot of fun and it's also like it's a shooter but it's a third person shooter i can't mm-hmm. play first person shooters because they make me super nauseous
0: um, i can play them i just can't I, I they don't make me nauseous i just can't do it i yeah. can't I could never get the like the this thumb moves the gun this thumb moves the way you're looking yeah. or, like this like I could never like I guess one moves the gun in the way you're looking the other one moves you and I could never get those to line up like I could be like right in front of somebody and like it's uh, not you know halo to... and call yeah. of duty was really popular when I was in high school to play online and I you run into somebody and be like and I then nope then I'm dead yeah frustrating so uh,
1: although I will tell you that I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast before, but I used to play GoldenEye 64, the, the Nintendo 64 Bond game. I would play yeah. that game until I would get sick and throw up and then I would keep playing it. Like, I loved that game that much that I would t- I would not care that I was making myself super sick and would just play it anyway. Um, Another
0: rare title. Yeah, correct.
1: Right. Yeah. Worth last thing I'd like to say about this last Nintendo direct um, some things that were sort of mentioned and are going to get their own Nintendo directs in the coming months uh, but I know are exciting to people who are Nintendo fans animal crossing new horizons again we talked about it as our first podcast episode uh, all those months ago. Yep. Um, it is they have been updating Animal Crossing ever since they released it. The, the updates have been a little less frequent than I think people would like and a lot of people um, in my playgroup and online have been talking about how you know they, they promised up three years worth of updates and replayability on this game and it's gotten kind of stale. And finally they're announcing a big update coming no, that'll come in November with more details in October. And one of the things they've announced that is that a character from a previous game called Brewster, uh, who is a pigeon
0: who has a, a cafe is going to be coming back. And it's, I think we talked about this I- in the podcast. Yeah. It's just that that game is so like, if you have no idea what people are talking about, you're just like, why do you like this? But it, there's yeah. there's something charming about Animal Crossing for sure. He's
1: one of the most beloved characters. Um, <laughs> and also we'll probably bring a, col- a new collecting game mechanic back to the game which i think will get will boost replayability again because people who play animal crossing are usually completionists um yeah. and then the other part is that uh, super smash brothers ultimate is getting a new nintendo direct to talk about its latest uh, dlc character which those are really exciting folks you know they keep adding new fighters to this roster and and people are always excited to see who the new the new additions are going to be. So
0: I think they said this would be the last one too. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Any idea who it might be? Do you have any, I don't have any 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 guesses. I don't have any insider knowledge about that. Um, and I really don't have any good guesses because a lot of the ones they added were characters that I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) So, um, the first wave where they had like piranha plant and banjo Kazooie and those were ones that I was like, okay, that's cool. I want to get behind that. Since then, like the only other character that I had really any knowledge about was Steve from Minecraft. I've never played Minecraft, but I knew that
0: it existed. And uh, what if they go real weird? And it's like Fry from Futurama or something like that. People have that been would...
1: scrambling
0: forever to get a Waluigi fighter
1: in okay, yeah. in Super Smash Brothers. So I think that would be cool if they did finally gave us Waluigi as a, as a playable character in that respect. I kind of doubt they will, but it'd be
0: fun. <laughs> um he's different enough too, like in like body shape that he would be different than the other mario characters right he wouldn't on. have to just be a reskin so yeah
1: i don't know it'll be worth it'll be worth checking out and seeing what uh what comes of it so uh any other thoughts on the nintendo direct anything uh anything else i know there were still some announcements we haven't talked about but i think that covered the, the big stuff at least
0: Yeah. The only, uh, I don't know anything about Splatoon. It looks like you paint maps with with gun paintball guns. (laughs) Uh, and I don't play final fantasy, but, uh, Jacobo GP. Yeah. Cart games are always fun. I'm sure people will really enjoy that one. Sure. So yeah. Um,
1: if you're out there listening to us and you are a big Nintendo fan, you know, tell us what, uh, what from the direct excited you or, if there are upcoming titles or, or things you'd love to see made, we'd love to hear all this feedback and talk about it on a future episode. You can reach out to us on Twitter at NerdAssoc, that's N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. You can also email us, nerdassoc at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about in the future. Maybe even contact us to come on and be one of our nerds. We'd love to talk to you personally. Thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, talk to you next week.